Welcome to year 2021. I feel a little futuristic. I don't know saying 2021 when you say it like that, but 21 is my favorite number. So all year I'm going to be writing my favorite number as the date. So this got to be like, what is this year? Paul, this is my year. This has to be my year. <laughs> it's 2021. It has to be my year. And something else that's going on today. Today is January 5th. And if you don't know why that's important, what? Today is the last call for the Georgia Senate runoff. So I hope that everybody's already cast their ballots. But if you haven't, today is the last day. Get over there and do it. If you're not in Georgia, we're all going to just wait and see what happens. But I'm excited. Today is a voting day. So as you can see, I got my breaking t-shirt that says vote. They got the little peach there that customize it. It's for the Georgia Senate runoff. Senate runoff. This shirt is specifically for that runoff. Had it started out that way. Welcome, everybody. Oh, and I wanted to ask you guys, let me introduce my two lit crew. We got Paulino, my VP, sitting there. We got Snooka Booker in the building, elegant as ever. And then we got my sister Cole in my favorite color red. We're all here in 2021. But I wanted to ask you guys, Cole, I'll start with you. What are you looking forward to most in 2021? Um, I'm looking for healing. The whole <laughs> country healed. Healed mentally, physically, whole healing, just all the way around. Spiritually, all the everybody. way around. I like All the way around. <laughs> healing. Like Snookabooka, what are you looking forward to in 2021? Family time, getting back together and doing things as um, our fam with our family like we used to do. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I miss my fam, bam. Oh, Lord, I'm scared to ask this guy, VP. What are you looking forward to in 2021? Just doing more episodes with remotely, Renee. Ooh, hey! Oh! <laughs> Good answer, good answer. You hear it. <laughs> that was his way of saying he doesn't want to answer the question, so he's going to answer it that way. <laughs> I like it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. And we're going to start something different now. I'm adding in a new segment, and it's going to be called Renee's Report because I have to report on some things. Like, there's a lot going on in my world, and I want to talk about it just really quickly. One of the things is last show, I hinted at the fact that I was going to become a team owner. And now I would like to announce what that team ownership is. Um, I don't know if it was episode two, three, but I talked about the fan controlled football league. They have four teams in their league this year, and I'm going to be joining the ownership of one of those four teams. My team already has ownership. There's two other owners already, the former WWE wrestler Miro and also you know why I'm here, Mr. Beast Mode himself, Marshawn Lynch. I'll be joining that ownership group of the Beast, and I'm so excited. The season starts in February. Those four teams. I don't know if anybody saw Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football. He is going to be a quarterback in the league, so the league is promising. Giddy up. We are along for the ride. <laughs> and then secondly, the Hawks. So I'm the analyst for the Hawks for Fox Sports South, and I'm going to love covering them all year. They got off to this amazing start, 3-0. They had to hit a little bump in the road with the Brooklyn Nets, but if the Atlanta fans ain't excited about this team, y'all are crazy. This is a good team, and they shoot a lot of threes, so I'm here for it. That's all I have to report with my Renee's report. So we're going to move along to Remote Scoreboard, Paulino, where we talk about sports and business, and there's a lot of business happening. I know this is a pandemic, but there's so much going on in the sports world. Not even just a sports world. I shouldn't even say that. We talk business here. Paul, what we got this week? Every day in the sports world. <laughs> uh, the Red Sox hired Bianca Smith as their as the first black woman to serve as a professional baseball coach. Yeah, I nice. saw that. There's that, a lot of firsts happened. happening. And I had to put on some shoes before this episode because all the glass on the ground. Shouts to Carly Tebow. I saw your tweet and I like that. She said, put on shoes, everybody. All these glass ceilings are getting broken and our feet are going to get scratched if you don't. What's next, Paul? Um, Kyrie Irving is, with his foundation, is doing 11 days of giving in December. And he paid for nine college tuitions at Lincoln University. Nice. Lincoln University is an HBCU. HBCU. Colton already knew that. It's the, I think it was one of the first HBCUs. But yeah. let me just say something about Kyrie Irving. 
I don't care what anybody says about him not taking media requests and about the the stuff he says about he said the earth was flat one time and you don't like <laughs> something he said before. This guy walks the walk. Like you can't even for the WNBA, I was one of the players that sat out and he literally took 1.5 million out of his own personal money to pay us a salary. That's the Kyrie Irving that I'm talking about. Now again, he's doing 11 days of giving and on just one of the days. So the whole 11 days wasn't these nine scholarships. This was just one of the days of his giving. What? Kyrie Irving, like y'all gotta, y'all gotta give it up to him. I don't care how you feel about whatever else is going on with Kyrie. He's walking the walk when it comes to supporting the community. What do y'all feel about that? I, I think it's awesome. I think it's absolutely amazing. I think that I hope it rubs off on more people (laughs) You know, hopefully one day I can contagious? see one of those people. I hope it's contagious. You know, that's 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 what it's all about. It's about giving back. It's about letting people know that you actually care about someone other than what's in your small, you know, community or world. So I think it's beautiful. Snookabooka. Well, it's the best way of leading by example. That's that yep. you know, you can't talk the talk and not walk the walk. So leading by that. example is the only way to go. I love that. Okay, okay, Paul, with some stuff for the new year. What else, Paulino? That was that was also reported by Shams. Okay, uh, Shams, shouts to Shams. <laughs> and uh, Michigan, the state of Michigan is letting um, NCAA players make money off their likeness starting December thirty first, twenty twenty two, which is great. But people are complaining, which I agree. Like, why don't they just start it ASAP? So wait, are the other school? When is the date for all the other schools? Are they different than Michigan? Like what's so every every state has to approve it though. So I think I know California did it for next year. Yeah, I thought so because I've been talking a lot of name, image, and likeness. Shouts to influencer. Pretty much, we got to become a United States to make one rule. (laughs) Exactly. I was going to say that it's so interesting how we allow different entities to make rules, and I know that state by state. The states have to govern that their own clear, states. Yeah. But when we're talking about like student athletes as a whole, it it becomes an unfair advantage if everything isn't uniform. Because like if I'm a student athlete, like, and I know Cali is with it this year, I'm going to find my way to Cali so I can make some money. I don't want to wait on Michigan for 2022. Like I want to make some money now. So what, I think that, what do y'all think about that? What confuses me is NCAA ruling is across every school so i don't see why this has to be something that has to be a state sanctioned thing when it should be if it's ncaa then everybody starts at the same time they your everything else has to be uniform as far as your qualifications of playing and all so why is it that you want to make this something that's by the state when ncaa should say if they're saying you can have if you can make this money then let everybody make that money. <laughs> I feel like the NCAA is trying to stay as hands off as possible when it comes to this money thing. Even the schools are responsible for if your player doesn't abide by the rules. Like I feel like NCAA is trying to stay hands off. What do you think about it, Snook? Well, it all boils down to every school in NCAA. NCAA is not making uh, hand over fist monies. Some are struggling just to keep their doors open. So. If you were to uh, put that, you know, across the board, it might cause some schools some some trouble financially. Hmm. But are the schools paying the money out, or no. is it? Going- so that's what I'm saying. So yeah, you no. think- paying your money? It's his name, no, image, and likeness. No, no, no. This, is, this is this is so like say an athlete could make money on their own while they're in college. Like so, say Renee wanted to do an autograph session while she was on UConn, she could. Go I'm do. now allowed to. So is name, image, and likeness being opened up to to brands yeah. that can well, sign take players? That and so it, well, it should be across the board. Yeah, it should be across the board because I I just don't see why you're going to open it up and see the hands off part is what gets me because if the NCAA is saying they people can do it, then it should just go ahead and automatically start. That actually yeah. helps out smaller schools because if you do have this outstanding player that gets their that gets their name out a lot more a lot faster if they're getting paid and in their likeness and all that than it would be if you wait two years or wait three years you would think the schools would kind of push it yeah and you know the thing about um name image and likeness is 
a lot of people are looking at the big superstars like Paige at UConn, and she was the one that was at the top of the list of projected money-making athletes in college. And that's across all sports, football included. But the thing about people aren't realizing is I think it's going to benefit like some non-superstars a lot too, in a sense of if you're a hometown hero that went to your hometown big school, I can see a lot of brands wanting attached to, to you, even if you're not like a national player of the year, but you're that city superstar. I see that there's so many benefits. So yeah, I think the NCAA is very scared of this because, you know, obviously there's so many things that could go wrong and I think they just don't want to be a part of it. But look, that's, I, I look, I wish we were making money while I was in college. So I'm so happy to see that, the college athletes now have that opportunity because like we always talk about the school's been making money. So the money is going to get made. It just depends on who's getting paid. So, right. Well, we'll have to just wait and see what the small print says, because I just don't trust it being uh, something where people are not going to want to try to dip into what these students are making and in some kind of way, balance it out with something else. So we always have to read the small print or try to project what, what is this going to mean down the road? Yeah, there's always going to be ramifications, but mm-hmm. hopefully more good comes from it than any bad. That's, well, I think that's all three of them, right? I like it. Okay, I like it, Paulino. I like it. And now we're going to move on to our hero IRL. And I'm super excited for our hero in real life today because as we know, today is the last call for the Georgia Center runoff and Nse Ufad, she's the chief executive officer of the new Georgia project. And she tells us why the Senate race is so important. Just a lot of people have been asking like, what is so important about this Senate race? I'm gonna let Nse break it down for you because she knows all about it. She's been with the new Georgia project. Um, The work that the new Georgia project has done, I mean, if people don't know, they're in charge of getting the vote getting people out to vote basically informing people and she's dedicated her life to it so look let me just stop and let Nse Ufot tell you about it. Stacey's our founder and I'm the the executive director so I ran the day-to-day operations and I still do um and so uh I think it was really important. I think that there was an acknowledgement that Georgia was changing. Like the entire country is changing, right? A lot has been written about the fact that by 2040, America is going to be majority people of color country. Um, But what I don't think that people know is that Georgia is going to be a majority people of color state by like 2024, 2025. That's like legit around the corner. Um, And what does that mean for us? What does that mean for the minimum wage? What does that mean for the criminal legal system? What does that mean for our environmental practices? And so we wanted to create a political home for young people and for people of color uh, that that does this work year round, registering people to vote, connecting them to their power, and not just when it's time for an election. Um, Because given the history, the long, and recent history of voter suppression in Georgia, you don't register half a million black folks in one election cycle. That's work that, that's the day in, day out work that we do to build a new Georgia. I was born in Africa, but I grew up in Southwest Atlanta. Um, And so, you know, when my mother sort of made the decision um, that we were gonna become US citizens, like it was my responsibility to make sure that they didn't embarrass us and that everybody in my family passed the citizenship test. Uh, And so I think that that definitely was an early understanding of the role that individuals play in the democ- in democracy. Um, it also exposed me early on to the hypocrisy, right? Like the gap between the rhetoric around America and American democracy and the reality that we talk about our democracy in ways that I can absolutely get behind, but the way that people actually experience it um, is something totally different. And so That definitely has been something that I've been um, aware of for quite some time, but I was a math and science nerd uh, growing up. I mean, this is embarrassing now. Actually, I'm not embarrassed. The 90s were a different time. My childhood hero was Ben Carson. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. 
Uh, but listen, gifted hands, like I, you mean that you babies get sick, right? And that there's somebody that can help babies not be sick. That was definitely, I absolutely wanted to be a pediatric neurosurgeon. Then I got to college and pledged and, and then, you know, had organic chemistry and started exploring other ways <laughs> to change the world uh, beyond a medical profession. Um, so what I've always known is that I want to do what I can, when I can, to contribute to building a better world. Um, that I ain't got to do everything because everyone has a lane. Um, but, you know, I have some gifts, some talents, some passions that I can add to the collection plate, to the collective, uh, to build the better world that we want to live in. So we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? And it's scary. And because of a lack of leadership, we are now at a place where more people die every day due to COVID than who died during 9-11. And that was considered a national tragedy. Um, and, we're, and it's happening every single day. Um, and that there is an opportunity to elect people, particularly with Asaf and Warnock, um, that there's an opportunity to elect people who take this coronavirus seriously um, and who can be a part of uh, doing all that it takes to protect Georgians and to protect American families. Um, there, all of our research shows that COVID is the number one issue that people are concerned about because folks don't want to die. So that's not odd. That's not crazy, right? Um, the only thing it shows also, it also shows that for men, it's COVID as an economic issue, um, which is also a real issue because we're talking about 400,000 Georgians uh, that are on the verge of losing their homes. Um, state unemployment benefits about to run out. Um, it's about to be nuts. And if we are going to get to the business of building back America and building back Georgia strong, then we need to give our current um, president-elect uh, Biden and vice president-elect Harris an opportunity um, to work with a Congress that will do work right now. Um, we are looking at if, if, if Warnock and Ossoff win, that means that the United States Senate will be divided 50-50, 50 Republicans, 50 Democrats. And if they can't agree on how to jumpstart the economy, how to get another stimulus check or another relief check into the hands of Georgia's families, then guess who has to break that tie? Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris is going to break the tie, which means that she might end up being the most important vice president in the history of American politics. Um, and so, and Georgia voters can do that, can deliver those conditions. And that's why it's so important that folks get out and vote um, on January 5th, uh, because Georgia can be responsible for getting America back on track. The turn up is on the way. I keep promising it. It's got to happen. You're because you're right. We do need to celebrate our victories. We're always in battle mode. And the way that you sustain that is by like, again, injecting moments of joy uh, into the work that you're doing. So we haven't done a really good job about it up to this point, but we got some stuff coming. We got some stuff coming. And I think that people, I want my team uh, to know how valued they are and how much I appreciate them and the sacrifices that them and their families have made. Let me tell you, I know all the husbands, all the wives, all the kids can be putting dirt on my name. <laughs> it's almost over. It's almost over. Um, but again, I think that we do this work because we love ourselves and because we love our families, right? Um, that it's for the love of our families, for the love of our communities, that we're tilling the soil, right? Like the minimum wage in Georgia is $5.15 an hour. And we have elected officials that are not embarrassed by that.
right? They do not care about us and our families. And so while we work to get new people in office uh, on the state level, we're continuing to build power to do voter education, to do voter registration, to sort of build the army, right, that is needed. Elections are just to find out who we are going to co-govern with. A nap, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and then, you know, some deep couch sitting. I gotta catch up. There's so much that I have to catch up on. Um, and then, um, you know, 2021, uh, at least in Georgia, there's the mayor of Atlanta's race, uh, but there are also mayor's races all over the state. Um, so we're excited about, uh, you know, recruiting, training, and supporting uh, millennial and Gen Z mayors, people running for city council, um, women and femmes. Um, as we go into uh, 2021, uh, we might also have to go into defensive mode, um, that there are a lot of people who are still claiming that Joe Biden isn't the rightful president um, and that the election was stolen. And I don't think that those people are going to go away. Um, and so figuring out like how we protect ourselves and protect the work going into 2021, I think is also going to be a really, really big deal. I'm Nse Ufad and this is Remotely Renee. Yes, and say you better celebrate and enjoy. I always say we have to stop and enjoy a win. A win is a win. And the numbers that we've had, the turnout that we've had for this not even just the presidential election, but there's been an even bigger turnout for this Georgia Senate runoff. Unbelievable. And that is a direct result of the work that the New Georgia Project has done. So hero IRL and say Ufat, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Next, we're moving on to remotely ranting. And I'm gonna say it, you should know it. No, we're not ranting. We're just getting some things off our chest, remotely ranting. Cole, what's up? Okay, so I have noticed in the grocery store, and I thought by the end of 2020, we're now in 2021, people <laughs> would have stopped saying, oh, we have plastic on here. We're supposed to be protecting ourselves from coronavirus. Well, while the little keypad where the card swipe, it has plastic on it. So I'm still, we're still spreading. And I thought by now, people would understand that plastic is not there to protect us. That plastic is there to protect that credit card machine, all this spraying and swiping and wiping, that, that machine costs a lot of money. So don't think that they're putting this there for us to feel better about ourselves. This is so when these people are spraying, spraying, spraying and wiping things down, these credit card machines don't get, I heard it yesterday. I heard it last week and I'm like, it's 2021. They don't realize that that plastic is not there for us. No, and I know exactly what she's talking about. I know y'all have seen it at the stores. There's this big sheet of plastic covering all the keypads and the punch pads. And she's 100% correct. You can't get that stuff wet. They didn't plan to have to clean those things as much as they do now, which is kind of gross in itself. The fact that they never planned to have to clean those things as much as they're cleaning them now. But that was a way of life where we didn't clean it before. And so now people see that plastic on the top of the machines and think that, that's a good look for us. Please still sanitize your hands afterwards, people. That yeah. is not for us. That is protecting the machine, snookabooka. But even prior to this, some machines did have those the plastic on them even before COVID. So maybe those people were... Uh, so know, shouts like, to those yeah. people for actually cleaning <laughs> the stuff beforehand. <laughs> the AC. Before, prior to COVID, um, machines having plastic on them. So oh, I like that. I only saw them at like restaurants. And I thought that was because, you know, you got people whose hands are wet, people have food. So I just kind of saw them at like restaurants per se. I've seen them there, but these people are, are still complaining in the grocery store line. They're still complaining. So those are the, so the places that you've seen them before are the places that have actually ran into the problem of actually having to clean the machine. That's scary to think about. Everybody knows it already. I'm pretty germy I'm one of like I don't really like germs and so when I think about stuff like that it's like wow only a few places even ran into the problem of having to clean a machine that people that millions of people touch all the time Woo! you know it's crazy <laughs> what remember like years ago uh like MasterCard had the 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 card that you know you just put it there and then you like you don't have to swipe it or anything yeah yeah and, and I, like I think they kind of still do stuff like that but I remember like that failed at the time like years ago 
Yeah, and I wonder why. Like, I can tell you why. Why? It failed because there are people walking around with these machines in their pockets that could actually uh, run your card information. Oh, yeah, the scammer alert. The scammers, because the person behind you in line saw you doing that, and it, it was actually like a signal. So they were like uh, picking up on your signal. They were taking your money. So I'm tell you like what. I'm tell you what. <laughs> these scammers, why didn't these scammers get together and figure out how to cure COVID? Because these scammers have figured out everything else. And I'm in Scammerville, USA here in Atlanta. So, you know, I mean, I know everybody's heard about the, <laughs> the trick of the um the gas station. Somebody puts a little thing in the chip for the gas station. You put your card in, they clone your card. And now that my identity is stolen and I have to change all of my accounts, my Netflix account, my Hulu account. Every subscription I have to rechange because I have to get a new card. Will y'all leave me alone? Yes. Yes. Go check, you gotta check the scammers out on, on Netflix. They they did like I think they like blurred out their faces and then showed how they like scam like on the internet. It's crazy. You mean to tell me there's a scammer cheat code on Netflix? What's it called? <laughs> I don't know. It was some it was something there's people in Baltimore. It was crazy. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> they're over there by my sister go goodness scammerville i'm telling wow. you but listen we're not ranting i just don't like to continue to have to change all of my accounts i have a lot of subscriptions it's annoying i like to know my card number by heart and then when i have to switch everything out come on yeah but i digress we're going to move along to remotely one-on-one. -on -one. And since this is January 5th, since this is our voting episode, you better believe that we got a good one. Okay. So with the runoff coming off, and this is the grand finale, I wanted to go one-on-one -on -one with somebody who needs no introduction. I've been wanting to say that for a while. This person <laughs> needs no introduction. You know who she is. I know who she is. You probably seen her on verses. You've seen her everywhere. Stacey Abrams. I'm going one-on-one -on -one with Stacey Abrams. I'm pretty excited. Last week we had Mayor, well, formerly Mayor Pete. Shouts to Team Pete. They go hard. Like I'm impressed with his following. And then this week we have Stacey Abrams, the Stacey Abrams. So look. Just check it out. I went one-on-one -on -one with Stacey Abrams. I didn't know if y'all heard that, but we went one-on-one -on -one with Stacey Abrams. Check it out. I was casually watching the verses. <laughs> casually. And I saw you pop up there. I mean, Gucci Mane, all of that. <laughs> like, I saw you pop on the screen. What, why is it important to meet people where they are? Because if you want people to believe that their lives can change, you've got to be in the places where they are. So they see that you care about them and that it's a legitimate and authentic engagement. I'm maybe not the normal audience for <laughs> <laughs> Jeezy versus Gucci Mane, but I knew that the people watching would yeah. care about that, and I wanted them to know that we care about them. Okay. I, when you wait for people to come to you, you're gonna be waiting a long time, and voting is so important. The ability to control your future is so grounded in how we show up my responsibility is if I'm going to ask you to show up for an election, I've got to show up for you. So we won. Okay, I'm an athlete. I'm going to take a win. We won. Yes. We flipped the state. Okay, I'm excited because this is my first political win. I'll call that. Yeah. Um, but what should voters be on the lookout for? Like, what should we be vigilant about? Number one, we need to celebrate this victory. Yes. Winning matters. It reminds us that more is possible. Uh, but it's also a call to action. Because just because you win once doesn't mean you give up. You got to keep going. And what I want people to remember is that we've only gotten part of the job done. For progress to come, for us to get COVID relief, for us to get access to jobs, access to justice, for us to see the change we were voting for, we've got to make certain we've got a whole team. Yeah. And so this election is about sending those last two members of the team to Washington, D.C. And so we need to be vigilant about one misinformation. You have the right to vote. If you are registered in the state of Georgia, you have the right to participate, you have the right to vote. Two, the election was not rigged. <laughs> what we did was mitigate voter suppression. We made it easier for people who were eligible to vote to actually participate. That's called progress. And that's the only thing we should call it. 
But number three, we need people to know this is a short runway, that by January 5th, that is last call. And so if you haven't shown up, if you haven't put your voice in there, then people are going to assume that you don't want the changes that we're talking about, that you don't want COVID relief dollars to come to Georgia, that you don't want to see racial justice actually get an audience and get you know, legislation done. We need to know that it takes all of us to participate in the system and we have to be vigilant about ignoring those telling us to be quiet. And we've got to be vigilant about knowing our voices, our power, as you put it, our power is real and our power must be heard. Ooh, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I mean, we're talking about power. We're talking about using that power. For someone that wants to get involved, where should they go? What should they do if they want to be a part of this? Because, I mean, when people see you winning, people want to win exactly. too. So what should they do? Look, winning is contagious. Yes, sir. It, it feels good. <laughs> and having grown up in the South, I'm like you, I'm not used to this feeling. So <laughs> I want to keep it going. And that means we need people to help. There are a lot of voters who don't know their own power, who don't understand how the process works. They may know they want to vote for one of the, the candidates. They may not know there are two candidates yeah. on the ballot for Senate. And we have someone running for a public service commission, which is about whether or not you pay high, high bills for your utilities. Come on now. And so we need folks to volunteer to let people know what's at stake. Civics for the Culture, the campaign we created, is designed to bring in those people who didn't necessarily think it was for them, yeah. but it's for all of us. And if they go to fairfight.com, they can sign up or they can go to helpwingeorgia.com and they get all the information they need to, to help us get this done. Listen, that's a fact, okay? Because I didn't necessarily feel like politics was for me until I realized politics is for me. So what is it, Fair Fight? Fairfight.com or helpwingeorgia.com. But I'll, I'll say this, I've heard people tell me I'm not into politics, but I want to remind them, you may not be into politics, but politics is into you. Hello, thank you. It decides whether you make a minimum wage. It decides whether you get a stimulus check. Yep. It decides whether you get charged with a misdemeanor or a felony. Mm -hmm. It decides whether your parents get the kind of retirement they've earned. Politics sees us, even if we don't want to be seen. And the reality is, if it wasn't so important, they wouldn't be working so hard to stop so press us. It. Come on now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. Like, first of all, Stacey Abrams is everything that they say she is. Like, she just hearing her talk, you can see why people want to listen to her, want to follow her lead. And I love that she's leading us somewhere good. Fair fight action, all of it. Civics for culture. She's leading us in the right direction. I'm following Stacey Abrams. Oh, but I digress. Snookabooka. We're moving on to the next segment. And it's called Remote Roots. And... After Snook dropped all those gems last week, I mean, she had props. She had everything. She had the cornbread there. She had the beans and cornbread. She had all of it. She had everything there. And this time, I told her after that, I told her, from now on, Remote Roots is your classroom. And just teach us whatever you want to teach us. Tell us whatever you want to tell us. So, Snook, what do you want to tell us this week? Well, since this is a uh, really big time in our country as far as voting is concerned, I wanted to talk about my first uh, voting or my introduction to voting. So you've heard me talk about my grandparents and I talk about them a lot because they were so colorful. But at any rate, um, I grew up in one of three black neighborhoods in our area in St. Albans, West Virginia. And so uh, it was comprised of teachers, professors and staff from West Virginia State University and a lot of retired coal miners because uh, back in the day, people couldn't live where they wanted to. They had to, you know, have their own little neighborhoods segregated. Wow. So at any rate, uh, back in those days, election day was like Christmas or the 4th of July. I mean, you know, up, uh, on the days coming up to, uh, up, up to Christmas, up to the election day, people would gather and they would talk about the issues and things that were going on, the people who were going wow. to be, uh, who were on the ticket mainly the uh, presidential ticket. And so one of my first memories is the 1960 election. And, and in that election, it was John F. Kennedy running. And during the 60s, it was, the, uh, it was kind of on the beginning cusp of the civil rights movement and Martin Luther King and all of that. And so there was a lot of buzz around. So at any rate, uh, my grandfather would sit on the porch and the, him and these retired men, the coal miners would get 
around and they would talk, play checkers and they played a different type of checkers. You couldn't, you couldn't play, the normal person couldn't play the kind of checkers they played. And so, um, they what would, kind of checkers was they playing? Uh, it was high level. I mean, it was very Because I know how to play checkers. I think I could play some checkers. Uh, well, you asked <laughs> trying to play checkers with, with those old men and you'll find out. But anyway, uh, sometimes they would nip on bourbon. And like I said, they had a lot of stories to tell about the past and all of that. And I was always very intrigued about all they were talking about. So at any rate, in this 1960 election with John F. Kennedy running, uh, Martin Luther King was just coming onto the scene and he had been arrested in Atlanta, Georgia prior to the election and, uh, and put in jail. So at, any rate, and so at any rate, uh, John F. Kennedy was running against Richard Nixon at that time. And uh, John F. Kennedy called his wife, Coretta Scott King, uh, to express his concern about Martin being arrested. And so his brother, Robert Kennedy, who was, the, uh, who was a lawyer at that time, called one of the judges there and got Martin released uh, from jail hmm. with being hurt or you know safely or whatever. And so um, Martin Luther King's dad, who was uh, Martin Luther King Sr., who was the pastor of the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, which even back in those days, that was a mighty pulpit. Uh, things that came out of that church was really big then. Okay. And so he endorsed John F. Kennedy. So at any rate, uh, uh, the election was uh, held. And, uh, but me, let me go back. So about this, my grandparents, let me go back to this story. But anyway, so on election day, because my grandparents didn't drive, uh, poll workers would come pick them up and take them to the polls to vote and bring them back. And so they would get up on election day and uh, get dressed like it was Sunday morning with their Sunday best, get their little IDs, which consisted of their birth certificates because they didn't drive their social security card, my grandfather's United Mine Workers card, and they would go to the, the polls and vote. Well, in this particular election, as I said, John F. Kennedy was running and there was a lot of uh, uh, civil rights issues uh, that were on the table. So uh, John F. Kennedy did win that election. He won 70% of the black vote uh, in that election. And okay. he hired a lot of blacks and minorities in his administration. So it parallels a lot to what happened today with, uh, what happened today with, with Biden. Yep. So at any rate, I'd like to uh, fast forward to the president. Let's and go. I'm very happy to say that uh, I didn't have any stories like my grandparents told to share with my kids about voting, but I was blessed that from what I did share, all three of my kids have voted in all the elections and my yeah. three oldest grandsons have even voted in all of the elections they've been eligible to vote in. So I guess it's very important for parents to kind of instill it in their, in their kids early in life about yeah. the importance of being uh, a citizen uh, and taking uh, advantage of uh, democracy in full. I know when I went to college at Western State University as a freshman, they educated us on what it is to be a citizen in the United States and what the mm -hmm. issues were. And we they even registered us to vote and the voting booths were on campus at that time at a wow. historic institution. Yeah, so, you know, uh, it, it was just instilled in me from the very, very early age up and through college and I try to instill that in you all so anyway that's my story about voting I love that and I don't know where it got lost because in your generation it was like a prideful thing it was the thing to do the thing to talk about like you said it was like Christmas to your grandparents to be able to go do that and exercise that right I don't know where it got lost. I think it got lost when everybody got lost in themselves. I think that, you know, America just, we are very self-absorbed. It's the me, me, me culture. So I feel like that's when it kind of gotten dropped off. I know a lot of people don't even believe in the idea of politics because they say there's a lot of things to fix in their community. And I could agree 100%, but to fix those things, you have to go through the system. It's just, there's no way around it. So okay. I love that. What other thing, when you talk about the struggle, now I'm talking about 1960 and civil rights movement being like in its heyday then. This is 2020 and we're still in the same 2021. Struggle. So we just can't just drop it and then pick it back up. It's something that we're gonna to have to see through to the end. I love well, that. Well, I would like to say that I think a lot of it had to do with the me culture as far as 
you think about was a lot of union jobs and union jobs were a very, a very American setup. You had all these factories, you had all these companies and all these companies were unionized jobs. And so a lot of what people did it was like united front. Then once you got rid of the unions and everybody had to fend for themselves, it kind of just felt like everything kind of just dropped off as far as making sure everybody's okay. Like the union made sure everybody was okay. So that type of mentality kind of just, you know, we start losing it because no one now it's like, who cares? You know, I don't care if the next person is getting the same fair wage that I'm getting because I have to look out for me. So I don't care if I go to the polls I'm good. So it's like that same mentality and it corporations kind of broke it up and it kind of just trickled down. It feels like to me. So this is what I have to say about that. To conclude this it's 2021. We saw what happened in 2020 when I, when we were all worried about ourselves and we were all worried about me, me, me. So in 2021, mm-hmm. let's switch it up let's try to worry about we let's try to be a community let's try to like and in the same breath in 2020 we've we've seen more people look out for each other we see the priorities change people start talking about family health probably should have been our priorities in the first place so we can take something good out of 2020 let's like get out of this me mentality and get into a we mentality if if we could take anything and switch it up i agree all right. I like it. I like it. I feel smarter after every time Snooker Booker tells me something. <laughs> and I'm moving on to Remote Roses. Okay. And so for Remote Roses, we're showing love. And this segment is no different. Tulit Crew, are y'all ready to go? I'm ready to give my hints. Do y'all have y'all's boards? Are you ready? Right now? Yep. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. My board is MIA. Oh, Paul, first his ring light is MIA, then his board is MIA. I had to ask him one time, are you? I'm going to have to come up there to Connecticut (laughs) and and get you straight. And get him together, Snookabook. I had to ask him one time, are you in the process of moving? Like, why is things not, like, I'm very organized, so I couldn't understand why he couldn't place where something is. But anyways, if y'all are ready, I'm ready. I know Paul's not ready, but let's go. Hit number one, from June 2017 to January 2020, this veteran son chaired the New Georgia Project, a nonpartisan organization focused on voter registration. Cole, there's no way. Hint number two, in March 2014, this Upward Bound alum, shouts to you, Cole, weren't you an Upward Bound? Weren't you an Upward Bound? Yes, I was. I was. Oh, no, you were. I was in um, Zeno's. Zeno's. Cole was in Zeno's. Snook was in Upper Bound. Okay. In 2014, this Upward Bound alum led a sit-in at the Georgia State Capitol pre- to press state legislators to accept the expansion of Medicaid offered by the Patient Protection and Affordable Act Care. This activist and other leaders were arrested during this protest. Uh-huh. We doing some things. You can see this one has a little bit of spice in it. Hit number three. This Morehouse man has a bachelor in psychology, and he also earned a master's of divinity, master of philosophy, a doctorate of philosophy from a the- theology school affiliated with the Columbia University. Yep. I know you don't know yet. I'm leaving the good stuff for the end. Is this person alive? This person is alive. good question i like that question though paul because this person this is why i'm giving this person roses i like it hint number four in 2013 this savannah georgia native delivered the benediction at the public prayer service at the second inauguration of barack obama Woo! this person is lit i'm trying to tell you hint number five getting ready to write let's get ready to rumble hit number five this This Ebenezer Baptist senior pastor is now in a runoff for a seat of the U.S. Senate and has been endorsed by WNBA players. Oh, yes, snooka booka, ding, ding, ding. Okay, but how about, oh, yeah, and let me just say his name, Raphael. What's his first name? Oh. Uh. (laughs) Well, too late now, Snook got the point. Too late now, Raphael (laughs) Warnock. Get your roses. Oh, yeah, we're doing this. It's funny because we throw these roses every time. Raphael Warnock, get your roses because 
Paul didn't even know if you were still alive by all the stuff that you have done. You're making it sound like you're making it sound like it was a past person. Listen, I was making it sound like you. I'm not giving away any hints. These are all things that he has done in the past. <laughs> That's actually awesome because I didn't know he was he did the the benediction for the yeah, second. He was a Morehouse graduate. Listen, yeah. you see what I'm saying? I'm trying. We're trying to put people on like Raphael Warnock. A lot of people wanted to just look at him as a pastor. Yeah. He's he's a lot more than that. He's done a lot of things. He's been involved in a lot. He's been in the political space. Just you just didn't know about it. So that's why Raphael Warnock, I have to give you some roses for battling, fighting the good fight and not fighting it dirty. I'm living here in Georgia and I know politics is messy and the mudslinging, but his campaigns just really they weren't like other political campaigns. They were actually funny. I think they got jokes. Whoever's running your campaign, good job. But that's who we're giving roses to. And this new year, I wanted to start out by being grateful. For, so first of all, I want to say thank you to my two lit crew. They just hopped on board. I said I had an idea. I want to start a show and I wanted them to be a part of it. And I got yes, yes, yes. Like no other questions asked. I didn't even know exactly how I wanted the show to go about. And they all were like, yeah, we're down. What's up? I We went through five walkthroughs of filming before the first episode because I'm nervous and I like to be organized and make sure things go right. So this 2021, this 2021, I want to tell my two lit crew, I am thankful for you guys um, because like this turned into something way better than I could have imagined, but that's because of them. They're too lit. So thank you to my crew. Um, and it's 2021. I just want everybody like, can we just go back to being normal humans and not these robots that don't care about anything or anyone? Like, can we do that? I mean, like, Paul is a good robot. Like, he's the type of robot that I'm like, hey, Paul, you remember that email from two years ago from this one company? And Paul's like, yep, here it is. I'm like, what? <laughs> How did that happen? Like, what? Yes. But Paul is also the good robot that if he feels that someone is sliding me being a WNBA player and that he sees that they're doing something for an NBA player in the same space, but they're not offering me the same things that they're offering the NBA player, he's that good robot that is going to not let it happen. So I just have to say <laughs> thank you. Like, I, I just, I, I like where we're going as a country, as a people, and I want it to continue. Any other thoughts from y'all? Well, we appreciate you because I actually have a, a great time every every week. I'm every having a week. great time and just learning and just being here and just having a voice in our opinions. And it's, it's great. It's great. I feel like you, I feel like you and Renee grew, grew closer. <laughs> oh, definitely. I feel like we will for sure in a sense of, like I yeah. said, we would never be talking like about this many random topics and talking face to face. No, it would never happen. Like I just, yeah. I wouldn't do it. Like I just, like we just don't do it. We talk all the time via text, but I'm just talking about this face to face interaction. And maybe this is a part of not being iRobots. Like, you yeah. know, I think everybody was not communicating with their mouths and people can't even, like you go to a store and you see somebody you like, or you go to the club and then you wait to get home to DM them and say hello. Like y'all gotta start saying hello to people IRL in real life. Start talking to people in real life. Let's start like connecting. That's the show remotely connecting while being remote. Snook a book -a. Well, I love it. And as I said, it gives me an opportunity to uh, interact with Paul on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah shouts to wait let me shout paul out because on december 30th i believe paul had his pg social media awards pg sports social media awards i think i'm getting that right when i tell you first of all i was on set calling a game it went ham like Paul gave awards to Ben the baller Ben was like oh my gosh thank you I've never received an award other than for my podcast Paul gave awards to the Bella twins they responded and were excited Kelsey Trainer did numbers like Kelsey Trainer. we're gonna have her on the show we have to introduce everybody to Kelsey Trainer. like she's another one of those most interesting people in the world type of people but long story short Paul had like 1.2 million impressions off of his social media awards. And if y'all don't know what that means, that means that that's how much action Jackson was happening with his award show. So shouts to you, Paulino. Like you turned up. What? 
Oh, I said thanks. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> like, I mean, I saw, I kept on seeing it on my timeline. So it wasn't like Paul was retweeting the things. I kept on seeing like people I know tweeting about my VP stuff. I'm like, yeah. Paul, I literally text Paul. I'm like, yo, Paul, you're lit. Like, I, I just, that's all I had to say about it. Like, geez, Paul, you he are lit. My timeline too. I was like, okay, Paul, go ahead. Paul. Oh, you're on Twitter? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to, to learn Twitter a little bit better. Oh, well, you better tweet a little Renee didn't mention it, but I gave her and Karan Butler the social social media influencers of yep. the year. I saw that. Yes, yes I did. He did. And I, so I'm nosy. And so I'm like, wow, Paul has a whole award show and he didn't even mention it. First of all, that's just not what we do. So Paul had a whole award show. So I go in there to see what's going on. I clicked the link and I was like, what, oh, Paul? <laughs> I was like, Paul, what? I'm receiving an award. And he was like, shh, I haven't announced it yet. Wow, you clicked the link. So just so you guys know, when I tweet Paul in shock and in amazement, he really doesn't tell me this stuff in real life. He like I find it out just with the rest of you guys that he had a whole award show. Yes, or what was it, December thirtieth that I didn't know about. So, just want to say congrats to Paul. Congrats and to hence, Cole. And hence, that's why I'm so excited to be hooking up with Paul every week. <laughs> Paul's lit. Paul's lit. Snook is hilarious. Paul. <laughs> Paul is lit. Snook is lit. I don't even know. I don't need to tell y'all how many degrees Snooks has. Snook has more than you can count. Cole is lit. I, you know what the thing about Cole is? I, this is the thing that I really love about Cole. She might, if you guys think that I'm a positive human, she has me beat. Like she finds a way to be positive about every single thing. I love it. Like it doesn't matter what's happening in her world. She looks just like she does right there, smiling, laughing. Like that's okay. We're going to figure it out. Like she just has this, she just has this thing inside of her. So yeah, that was me being grateful for my two lit crew. I know you guys are probably already cutting it off by now, but if you're still listening, thank you. Happy New Year again. It feels different. It feels like healing. It feels like growth and family. For Paul, it feels like Remotely Renee, and I'll see you next week on Remotely Renee. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.